We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helfen. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 23rd edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Jake Latarski is with me today, like every Tuesday, uh, talking free agents uh, for fantasy football. First, let's talk about the Monday night game. Falcons beat the Giants 23-20. The Giants didn't move the ball until there were five minutes left in the game, and they had done nothing until then. Um, this is uh, it's ugly for the Giants at 1-6. I think they're going to start selling off some pieces. I think they probably have to. Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder, I don't know if they're going to bench Eli Manning. It might wait till after the bye. They've got the Redskins this week, then they got to buy. I don't know if they bench Eli because I, we have no idea if Kyle Lallette is ready to play. I mean, we have no clue, right? I mean, I, I don't know what, you know, people mm-hmm. are screaming for, hey, we got to put in the rookie. Okay. I mean, he played at Richmond last year. Right? Yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> Are these rookies going to be the quarterback of the future? I mean, they're they're what they're stuck with after using the pick on Saquon Barkley, which looks like possibly a work for a very short term type of thing. But they still need a franchise quarterback, and there's there's I mean, going to someone beyond Eli is going to just wreck the fantasy value of all the people on this team. And I mean, how long? I mean, is Saquon still going to be playing when they're two and ten? You know, like how how long? Right. Do they keep him going? I know fantasy owners don't want to hear that because it's playoff time, but like sometimes at baseball, you have a young pitcher and your team's not going to do it. There's no reason to make him throw 200-something innings. It, it, it just makes you question it a little bit, but I'm, I'm sure he's going to want to get going. He'll still get paid. He'll still do his thing, and, and fantasy owners, owners will succeed. But, man, this whole giant situation is just its brutal across the board. It's really brutal. Um, the two-point conversion was caused quite a bit of chatter. Um, and, mm-hmm. and as as always on Twitter, people retreated to their angry corners to discuss it. Um, the math works. 
on the yes. two-pointer. And, and it's not, it, it's not, it was a bad decision because he missed the first one. It was getting two shots at it. And basically, look, yes, you could miss twice and lose. Correct. But if you make the first one, you just about guarantee you win. Like this is all predicated on you score two touchdowns and the other team doesn't score. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, just think, didn't turn out yeah. to be the case. It's all a probability thing. It goes up about fifty percent if you make the first one, and if you you know play conservative and traditionally and go for the the two extra points, you know you still have less than a fifty percent chance to win because you know there's always a chance that they can score, and then there's overtime where you have maybe like a forty six percent chance because of the tie probability too. Right. So so, so yeah, yeah, if if you basically if you make the first one, you almost guarantee a win. If you miss the first one, make the second one, you still have the overtime thing. And yes, you could miss two, but but there's less there's less chance of you losing in regulation than there is of you losing in overtime if you pursue this path. Exactly. Now the argument against it that I see the non-analytics people trying to go after, the big one is like well, Eli and the Giants, they're awful. Their offense, the they line can't protect them. So they're, they would say that their probability goes down even further to make that. And I would argue, I mean, Odell Beckham kind of had that ball in his hands. It was, yes. a makeable, it was a makeable play in the first place. But, you know, everyone likes to harp on it, and it's very outcome-based. But uh, So even if the Giants, like, let's just say for the sake of argument, their offense, you know, is not quite capable of hitting it at the 48.9% league average or something like that. Uh, Jeff Erickson made this point on on Twitter. What point does it go down to? Are they, are they 45% effective? Are they 42% effective? Right. And I think I saw some math out there where even if you're only around 38%, that might be the breaking point where it's all suddenly not that good. And I don't know if they're that bad that it goes that down when you have weapons like that in a short short territory like that. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, I, I, I've heard that the argument too is, well, every, you know, there are other variables than the math. And I agree. I mean, mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is a pretty big variable. Yes. You, you just drafted about a that. running back second overall. Like how could you not want to try to make two yards with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. And then, I mean, Falcons have a pretty good offense. That's not necessarily the problem with the team this year. If they score, then that throws, you know, if they score in between you getting, you got to rely on your defense to get a stop, I guess, is basically what, you know, th- that also affects the math. So, right. And they I did. see both sides of the coin. They yep. sort of got a stop and they give him a 56 yard field goal. Yeah. So, oh, man. yeah, I'm fine. Tavecchio just, well, yeah. But the, yeah, the, the whole, the, the beating up on Shermer over, like, I, I don't, you know, I, I just, I'm not here yelling like I can see the conservative route. I don't agree with it. But this whole, you know, oh, it's all these, you know, you need, need a lab coat and, you know, a protractor. Like, this is not, this is pretty basic. Like, hey, it, it's not advanced calculus to figure this, exactly. to figure out the probability of this. It's, oh, so I get two shots at this, but if I make the first one, then I almost guarantee you win, so I have a better chance to win this way. Great. And it's exactly. not a 0.1 better chance. It's a pretty decently better. I mean, it's a pretty strong mm-hmm. argument. Do you think we'll see this more now because Doug Peterson kind of did it once and he's kind of an analytics guy. Now, of course, we see the Giants following suit. Do you think coaches will be less afraid to do that even though now, now that it's been explained or I'm did Shermer take too much heat? I'm curious to see if um, if the beat writers with the individual team start asking coaches about this tomorrow. I, I'm curious if any of them says, you know, hey, coach, do you ha- what, what does your chart say? And see if they'll tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I do think it because I actually saw someone else, one of the there was an NFL national writer, I think it was Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, who I did flag that tweet down. He had a good point on it. Yeah, he, and he said actually th- there are going to be people around the league 
that are happy with this because their chart says to do the same thing. And, and now they feel like they have, you know, and basically they feel like they have an opening so that they're not the first ones to do it because people in the end of, I mean, it's not, that's not exactly the way you put mm-hmm. it. But analytics people rejoiced. I was told multiple other teams charts say to do the same thing. Now we know the Giants are among them. Worst case drive for two. We got in the tie. Best case TD plus extra point wins on next drive. I remember seeing that on Twitter when I was scrolling through last night. Yep. And that definitely stood out to me. Yeah. So. All right. So good. Good for you, Pat Shermer. Um, folks, we're going to get to the, uh, the the free agent waiver wire stuff. Remember, if uh, if we talk about fab budgets, we're talking about $100. Talk about percent ownerships. We did this late Monday, early Tuesday morning. Um, so uh, we'll just talk about you know using priorities and what players to get and things like that. Uh, your week eight buys, remember, Falcons, Cowboys, Chargers, Titans are all off. So Amari Cooper gets to make his Cowboys debut in week nine. Uh, quarterbacks. So last week we talked Darnold. That didn't work. We talked Trubisky. That worked great. Um, I love Trub- I love fantasy Mitch Trubisky. Like I would I would be happy to start him in a lot of weeks now because I know I'm getting points on the ground. I'm positive, mm-hmm. and that's just awesome. Yeah, you know, our discussions over the last couple of weeks led me to add him in a couple places, except the only places I have him, one is where I have Ben Roethlisberger, and that starts to get a little trickier, maybe with some big Ben Road games. And the other, I have Jared Goff, and I just, even though Trubisky over Goff would have been the play last week, I just, I would not have thought to do that. Yep. And it's going to be Goff the rest of the way out. But, I mean, those are the places I have him, and it gets a little bit tough. But, I mean, definitely a, a quarterback that, that shows showed he deserved to be rostered last week. Um, we talked Flacco. That was kind of eh. We talked Eli, which worked out fine, actually. The number, I mean, mm-hmm. the performance might not yeah. have been good, but the numbers turned out terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost 400 yards in the score. And, I mean, it could have been a huge day if he gets in on one of those sneaks, you know. But right. that's a whole other thing. Oh, man. And then Derek Anderson. Uh, don't, yeah. don't do that, anybody. Um, Brock Osweiler. I don't have the numbers in front of me. What they wind up to be? He had uh, two touchdowns, 200 yards, very modest. It's a very Dak Prescotty kind of performance. And now he goes to 239, uh, 200 to the Texans. That's not going to go well. I don't think probably not. I think the, the pass rush is going to get after him and he might have some problems. All right. So pickups now. So Dak has a new toy. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what do you think of this? Like, I'm not a big Dak guy generally, but lately he's been doing well, mostly because of the running. Yeah. And, and now that you- he has a, at least one receiver to throw to fantasy wise. I mean, I'm not big on Dak in real life. Fantasy wise. I'm, I think I'm okay. Yeah, it might be okay. I think Dak, before the trade, he was kind of right at that replacement line in a 12-team single quarterback league. Are you better or worse than Dak? And that means, you know, you can cut or add add a drop on a given week. And uh, Amari Cooper possibly helps him out. I mean, we'll see kind of how that goes. But the problem with adding him now is he's not going to help you now. So if you've got Matt Ryan or if you've got Phillip Rivers on a bye, he's not going to help you this week because he has a bye. But then he gets Tennessee at Philadelphia at Atlanta, which should be a pretty good matchup here, uh, home against the Redskins, home against the Saints so decent decent upcoming schedule here I mean Tennessee might be the tougher one out of that group so he's yeah he I mean he he, he could be owned moving forward but it's going to be tough to use a roster spot this week on a buy uh, with those other teams and those other skill positions that are on a buy that carry along with it fantasy semis and finals at Indy and home for Tampa for Doc Ooh, yeah, and Tampa mm-hmm. we know is the uh, is is the worst pass defense in the league in terms of yards allowed per game, and I don't see that necessarily improving uh, that much either. And in, in, if you're interested in stashing, that that's that's an argument to stash Dak, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next up, 
uh, streams for this week, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, who are you missing this week? You're missing Matt Ryan. Ryan and Rivers are the big ones you might be missing. Mm-hmm. And chances are, if you drafted them, you drafted another quarterback somewhere nearby in that 10 to 14 round range. Yep. So you have someone roughly equivalent. But if you need some stream options, I threw a couple out there for you. Yeah, we we both actually, uh, in my notes too, I, I mentioned Case Keenum. Case Keenum's 20% on on Yahoo. At Kansas mm-hmm. City, which is the argument I used to start Andy Dalton in a league last week, and that fell on his face. But, you know, it's, that's not a reason not to do it. But Keenum is just, he's so shaky, and he throws the picks. And I don't know. I don't know if this is a guy. I mean, I'd rather not go down this road. Yeah, well, I mean, there's that, and the Demarius Thomas trade rumors are starting to heat up a little bit. So if you were to lose another wide receiver, you know, still he's got Emmanuel Sanders, but then the number two there's Cortland Sutton. Uh, but it's, I guess it's kind of a number thing. I mean, the, the Chiefs have only given up 11 passing touchdowns on the year, but they're giving up 316 yards per game, which is uh, the second worst only to Tampa Bay in the league. So matchup-wise, it does make sense. But when you start to look at the individual player and the circumstances of who's all on by and what you would be replacing him with, it's probably not great. All right. Uh, Baker, 41% ownership at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been a little permissive, but I don't, I don't think this is a good spot for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, on the road in Pittsburgh is not really a great spot for anyone. I mean, the over-under on that game is over 50. Uh, I think they'll have to throw a little bit to keep up with them, but but yeah, Baker is uh, questionable. Again, Pittsburgh's sixth worst pass, worst pass defense. Over two and change per game to opposing quarterbacks in terms of passing touchdowns. So matchup says it's possible, but there there aren't a whole lot. I mean, there's not much to like about these guys. These are just kind of the best within our threshold. Okay. Uh, the other guy I want to mention, even though he's losing to Mari Cooper, what about Derek Carr? Uh, he's got a matchup against the Colts, who are kind of okay. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm a maybe on this one. Like if, I ha- if I'm desperate, if I have to stream, I, like, I think I like him better than Baker and Keenum. Yeah, well, I mean, the Colts are right in the middle of the league in terms of, uh, of um, you know, passing yards allowed per game. I think now that we're six, seven games in for most of these teams, I think you can start to get a picture of what these defenses are. Of course, there's certain injuries and stuff with different teams that'll, that will that can change those expectations, of course. But yeah, Colts in the middle of the pack. At least, uh, I mean, Cars at home, so maybe that's working for him. You know, we'll talk about some of the receivers, the Jordy Nelson, Martavis Bryant. I mean... He's still got some talent in that receiving core, so I guess we'll see. But I, I, I still, I, I don't like. I just, I don't feel good about using Carr because, or I mean, he's gonna, he's down Marshawn Lynch too, so the running game is gonna suffer. All right, um, Rotowire projection system, by the way, this week has Baker at QB thirteen, Keenum at QB eighteen, Carr at QB twenty. Um, otherwise, in there, yeah, we, we, Cody Kessler would have been a possibility, but Blake Bortles is gonna start. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop candidates, yeah, I think we both agree. Mariota, just, I mean, if you're old Mariota, there's no reason to do it. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to notice, I don't want to drop this guy yet. Matthew Stafford is an interesting case right now because they're, they're running the ball well. And because they're running the ball well, his volume is dropping. For so many years, we've sort of been able to, to count on Matthew Stafford's volume because they couldn't run the ball at all and they were so reliant on him. Last three weeks, attempts 30, 26, 22. I don't think it's going to keep dropping like that, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not like he's going to be a – it doesn't look like he is going to be a super high-volume guy. Yeah. I mean, I look at him the rest of the year, and I think you're going you're gonna to plug and play a little bit based on matchup with a guy like Stafford. And, and generally, that's probably what you're doing to begin with with this guy. So uh, 
I don't know, looking at the rest, his playoff schedule is kind of tough, though. I mean, weeks 13 through 7, or weeks 13 through 16, he's got the Rams, Cardinals, eh, Buffalo Bills, better defense than they are team, and, and the Vikings. So, I mean, yeah, he's a tough one to cut unless you're in a 10-teamer and are, are going to play the stream way through the rest of the year. But in most 12-teamers, it's kind of a hold situation where you're still mixing and matching a little bit with him or the next replacement on the waiver wire or another guy like maybe you know a Rivers or someone drafted in that same range. He, on, on, on a per-game basis, he is QB 18 this year. So, so just interesting. Yep. That's all. I, I, like I said, I don't want to drop him, but it's you know he's, he's not what you were hoping anyway. Uh, folks, fantasy draft, we put players first. They've got super flexible lineups. For the NFL, there's no kicker, thank goodness. Um, you, you can't have Giorgio Tavecchio, but, you know, whatever. And you can draft four running backs if you want. In the NBA, the lineups are even more flexible. If you want five guards and two centers, that's no problem. Fantasy draft has a $100,000 run-and-gun run gun weekly feature GPP with a $25 buy-in. They've got a $500,000 fantasy draft championship that gives $100,000 to first and weekly qualifiers. That's happening now, and it gets a Week 16 final. You got rake free head to head for contests under 200 or half the rake of the other guys for the rest. That means if you and a friend both enter $100 head to head, the winner gets $200. Fantasy Draft takes no fees. So sign up now. Go to Fantasy Draft, sign up now with refer code ROTOWIRE. Make your initial deposit and you will get a free $4 GPP ticket. So go to Fantasy Draft again. Make your initial deposit, and then when you use refer code ROTOWIRE when you sign up, you will get a free $4 GPP ticket. Fantasy Draft, we put players first. All right, running backs. Uh, Ito Smith, yeah, didn't really work last night. Um, We talked Latavius, who, I mean, anytime, as long as Dalvin Cook's out, I mean, you can't get him anymore, but Mm -hmm. pretty strong. Yep, availability definitely dried up there. And Ito Smith, I'm still... I'm still okay with rest of the season. He's going to have a good game or two, and I mean, seven carries for 16 yards, not great. I think he had one bigger play called back due to a penalty, if I remember correctly, during that game. Could have changed the line a little bit, but definitely not swinging it to where you got to use him as an RB2 this week. All right. Um, Peyton Barber, who is is getting uh, is getting a threat from Ronald Jones right now, and Marlon Mack we talked about, but his his ownership has gone up. So let's, let's talk about Marlon Mack first. First, we want to mention the Browns. Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb are going to be tough to get still right now. Their ownership levels yes. have gone way, way, way up. So if you missed out, you might have missed that boat. Worth checking, but you might have missed that boat. Marlon Mack. Yeah. Marlon Mack is, a, is now a top um, 20 fantasy running back probably moving forward. Yeah, I, I think I can give him that. And certainly so he, he barely fits in our thresholds. I still wanted to put him on here because he's worth talking about right now. 56 percent Yahoo, 54 percent ESPN. But the leagues with first comes like he was on he was within our threshold i would guess during at, at or around kickoff on sunday so it's it's the leagues with the first come first serve rate waivers that that came in and and, and swung those the other way so about a 45 percent chance he's available that should be the first name you look in and that's definitely one i would say using your top waiver wire priority is worth it i would say that using you know the rest of your fab budget that allows you is worth it. I mean, he's he's a back that, you know, they kind of got, got off to a slow start to the year because of injuries, but it's clear that he's a pass catcher, he's an effective runner, and he's the back that Indianapolis and Andrew Luck wants to use. I'm curious. I want to look him up on our uh, – our rest of season rankings. I mean, he had a 30 point PPR day and, you know, you can, obviously you can't expect that every single week, but um, he's going to be good. And, and I just kind of look at our, our standard rankings here. We have him RB 17. He's right behind carry on Johnson and Nick Chubb right ahead of Kenyon Drake and Adrian Peterson. So that's kind of what we're looking at rest of season for him. And for week 10, the rotowire projection system has him at 
RB10. Sorry for week <laughs> eight, not week 10. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's huge. All right, next mm-hmm. up, Marshawn Lynch on injured reserve. So, see you later with him. It, this is a tricky one. Very tricky. Because you got two options here. And they're both 26% owned on Yahoo and 19% ESPN. Wow. Um, John Gruden's first statement on this was that Doug Martin would get, would, would basically be in the lead role. Um, Doug Martin's not good. He has struggled. There's no doubt about that. Now, when I was making this list and I see Marshawn Lynch headed for IR, that got confirmed, I believe, yesterday. My first instinct was, oh, duh, Doug Martin. Okay. But then I started to look at it, look at the box scores, the snap shares, those kinds of things. And if you're in a PPR league, I mean, Jalen Richard is a name that's came up on our podcast before. We've talked about him as, you know, you're in a big, deep 16, 18 team league. Maybe you grab him for a six point PPR floor in most weeks moving forward because they're going to they're going to give him when they're behind like they tend to be. They're going to give him the dump off passes. They're going to give him the screens. He's better. He's better suited for that type of thing. I mean, Richard has been, uh, let's see. I mean, he has games of seven and six receptions. Um, he caught nine in week one, six, zero in week two, but then six in week three, three, six, seven receptions. So he's definitely been effective, and he's probably the PPR back to own. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Doug Martin is, I mean, he's getting up there. He's 29. He hasn't been good in a while. He hasn't been good since 2015, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather own Rashard. Look this way. If I got Martin based on workload and, and wants to put him on the bench, see how mm-hmm. things going. Okay. I, I get, I get the logic. I just think it's not going to end well. And he's not, and I don't think there's a lot of upside there for you. Yeah. I think Rashard's mm-hmm. got more, as long as you manage your expectations, you don't expect him to be a, you know, 20 touch a game kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he'll get more carries, but when you're not catching passes, when you're averaging, right around four for your career and and you know the last couple seasons where you've had reasonable volume you've averaged under three back-to-back years in tampa bay i mean 2016 age 27 season 144 attempts averaging 2.9 uh, age 28 season 138 attempts averaging 2.9 this year averaging 3.7 so it's just not great so you know five more carries a game doesn't necessarily mean he's suddenly an impactful fantasy back do i bid on him yeah sure but he's not someone that I would be using a big time waiver priority on because I don't think that uh, as he approaches 30, he's suddenly going to have this turnaround and, and be a lock in RB two. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Um, the bills, the Sean McCoy is in the concussion protocol. So Chris Ivory, I mean, they play the Patriots at home on Monday night as a 14 point underdog, by the way, uh, yeah. Chris Ivory's 8% Yahoo, 9% ESPN ownership. Uh, I mean, they've got the Patriots coming. They've got the bears coming. They're at the jets. I mean, this is just, it's a, this is another one. It's like you, you want to get a guy based on volume, but you look at the situation and go, Ooh, how, like, how, what, under what circumstance would I want to start this guy? Yeah, it would be very tough because he's also dealing with this unspecified injury. Um, he says it's not major. We're giving him a questionable tag right now. We'll have to wait until they start practicing to see. But if you pick up Chris Ivory and because you need to use him in desperation as an RB2 on, on Monday night, what happens if things suddenly take a turn for the worst? Do you pick up both Ivory and... And Marcus Murphy, no one really has the roster spot to hold both of those guys at once. Right. So you're kind of stuck. I, I agree. I, I don't like this. I mean, I, I think you have to be desperate to do this. The other One interesting guy here, um, Kenyon Barner. He's available everywhere. Sony mm-hmm. Michelle's hurt. Now, Sony Michelle seems to have escaped serious injury. They're calling his knee injury week to week. 
it didn't look good on TV, man. I was watching that, and it got twisted around, and I was like, oh, no. But but now you go into week eight, and they're a 14-point favorite. And, you know, James White's not a 20 to 25 touch per game kind of guy. The, the script sets up for Barner to, to, to get some run here in, in, yeah. a, in a favorable, in a game that seems favorable to what they're going to try to do with him. Yeah, definitely a favorable game flow projected. Absolutely. I mean, we went into this season looking at the Patriots running back situation thinking, man, they just got way too many guys. And now they're dropping like flies because we got Burkhead and Hill both on IR. I mean, James White's an exceptional pass catching back. He should get 20 touches, but I don't think it's going to be that heavy on the carries. So Kenyon Barner would be the guy that seems in line to benefit from that. And especially if the Patriots start to get that score well out of hand, I mean, Kenyon Barner played a season high 17 snaps last week against the Bears, ran the ball 10 times for 36 yards. So nothing, nothing too crazy, but 10 attempts is uh, certainly worth noting. Will he get double-digit fantasy points? That's a little bit tougher. I think that's going to be a little bit touchdown dependent, but uh, definitely worth a look. I mean, I'd, I'd probably mess around with that situation before I started trying to guess the Bills situation because at least the game flows in your side here. Me too. I mean, if you're looking for long-term, I mean, I, we don't know. We don't know how long Michelle's going to be out. I mean, Barner's not a big guy either, everybody, but he, he's, he's in a situation where, I mean, White can't do everything most likely. Yeah. It's funny, if you look at, at Barner's metrics on the Rotowire, he, he was either a seventh-round pick or an undrafted free agent. I forget which. But he got he, him um, sixth round in 2013 out of you. Oregon. Okay. 5'9", 195. So, you know, not, not a big guy, but when you look at his measurables, 40, shuttle, cone, vertical, broad, all those are... So he's, an, he's a good athlete, but he's not a back that's going to run you over and dominate you physically. Right. And every stop he's made, which was Carolina Philly, you kind of... People... I felt like people looked at him and went, oh, if that guy got a chance, he actually might be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny because James White's the guy we think of as a pass catcher, but he checks in at 5'10", 205. Yep. So, so he's technically the more physical runner out of these guys. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right, so after Mac, who's, pro- who's less likely to be available, who's your favorites here? Yeah, I would go Jalen Richard. I uh, I had I had Martin again. My my original gut was go Martin, but then I convinced myself Richard, and I think that's the move to go. I'm going to definitely make some bids on him this week, and then uh, after Richard, I guess I give Barner a slight edge over Martin. Okay, one other guy I want to mention is Raheem Mostert from the uh, 49ers. I don't love him. I don't love the situation. He he shared work with Morris and. Brita last week, but Brita's hurt again. Mostert's fourteen percent on on Yahoo, so he's a he's a guy you can think about. Actually, yeah, I, I can't believe I, m- I missed that one. See, I didn't see that Brita had uh, aggravated his injury. That's uh, something that definitely comes into play here. Um, but the reason that's good is they have, uh, I believe it's the is it the Cardinals this week or was it the Cardinals last? They have the you know, Cardinals. The, they're at Arizona. They have the, 
Yeah, they're at Arizona. And guess what here? Arizona is giving up uh, 148 yards per game on the ground over the first seven games. They've given up 12 rushing touchdowns. Uh, not, not so great against the run. So that suddenly is starting to become, starting to get into play. All right, drop, drop candidates. Uh, I think Peyton Barber's on the list. You don't need to hold mm-hmm. him. Also, yeah. uh, Marshawn Lynch, we talked about, he's hurt, so he's done. Um, Carlos Hyde got traded to the Jags. So what Carlos Hyde is looking at here, let me pull up his player page. Carlos Hyde is is now staring at sharing with TJ Yeldon this week, a buy in week nine, and then the potential return of Leonard Fournette in week 10. I, I mean, if you own Carlos Hyde, don't be stubborn. If you have an opportunity... Yes. Okay, let me ask you a question. If you had Hyde and you didn't, let's say you didn't need him this week, right? Even mm-hmm. if you thought maybe he could help, because I think Yeldon's going to get more work than him. It, I mean, Yeldon's he, been effective. Yes, he has. If you had Hyde and you could get Jalen Richard, would you get Richard and cut Hyde? In a PPR league, yes. Okay. In a standard, it starts to get a lot closer, and I'm not necessarily sure I'd make that move because there's so much of Richard's value right. on, on the receptions. But in a PPR league, you definitely have to go after Richard. The more I think about it, like I'm, I'm gonna put maybe a sixteen dollar bid on Richard in my PPR leagues. I think I might do something similar because I think sixteen, seventeen. Yep. All right, folks. Kalo is the functional wedding ring. It's Kalo is the name. It's Q A L O, by the way. Kalo is the name in silicone wedding rings. Kalo rings are designed to ensure that your hands are safe and comfortable in the workplace, the gym, the outdoors, and everywhere in between. Unlike traditional metal wedding rings, Kalo rings allow you to keep your ring on in times where a traditional wedding ring would need to be removed. Kalo rings allow people to live their lives safely and comfortably while still representing their commitment to their spouse and their family. Kalo, again, Q-A-L-O, has created a special code for our listeners. Use code ROTOWIRE at checkout to get 20% off your order. Kalo is the choice of firefighters, military, law enforcement, carpenters, electricians, and mechanics for everyday wear. It's available in 18 different styles and over 50 colors. Kalo is the preferred ring of pro athletes. They've got NFL players Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, Jordy Nelson, and Derek Carr. NBA MVPs Steph Curry and LeBron James and Major League Baseball All-Stars Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Chris Bryant. They all trust Kalo on and off the field. Visit Kalo.com. Again, Q-A-L-O, Kalo.com. And don't forget to use the code ROTOWIRE at checkout for 20% off your order. Thanks a lot, Kalo. Wide receivers are up next, Jake. Um, last week, we talked about Chester Rogers, but with uh, with. T.Y. Hilton coming back. Rodgers saw a, a cut in volume. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked a little about Carol. Taylor Gabriel's outing was disappointing, right? Yeah, I mean, for the shootout that that game turned out to be, he wasn't really the the driving factor in that. So that was just a little disappointing from a DFS perspective because I took a flyer on him in a couple places. Uh, that price is heading back down. But, I mean, I still think he's got enough of a role in the slot out of that offense to at least be owned in deeper formats. And poor Albert Wilson was having a nice little year, and he hurt his hip. And sounds like he might be going on injured reserve. So I think we mm-hmm. might be done with Albert Wilson. Um, yep. The Amari Cooper trade opens things up for the Raiders. So now Jordy Nelson is pretty highly owned. He's in the 60% on yeah. Yahoo and ESPN. I certainly didn't expect that when I went to look at the numbers, but yeah, there it is. Martavis, I mean, it's, it's, he's there. They've thrown to him some. He, he's he's got to play, right? I, yeah, I mean, I, it's not a great Martavis, option, but it's an option. 
Yeah, Martavis to me seems at least a little bit more attractive than someone like Seth Roberts, right? Yeah, Seth Roberts would be next up on the depth chart. He, I mean, he did catch five balls last week for the week before. So uh, the target volume of late has been a little bit more than Martavis, but I, I don't know. I feel like Cooper was kind of a big play, also a physical receiver, and Bryant seems to be more of a direct replacement than someone like Seth Roberts. That's more seems to me more of a dink dunk off in the slot, but could I, I guess potentially take the top off? I mean. I just that, that's not necessarily what I think of when I think of Seth Roberts. So I right. guess Bryant's the guy to own, but I don't necessarily know you pick him up and stick him at wide receiver three this week because he's there's always a degree of risk with him. He is a boom bust kind of guy. So um, and and he he's had issues. I mean, his problem a lot of his problems have been staying on the field. I mean, with the race, yes. you know, he had some fumble issues. You know, they haven't used him a ton, but right now, I mean, he's he's going to get yeah. all the snaps he can handle at this point. So he's uh, yeah. not a bad idea to pick up. Um, Danny Amendola. He had a with all the injuries to the Miami receiving core. Um, a Kenny Stills also got hurt, by the way, and, and it doesn't sound like he's going to play on Thursday night. Remember, the Dolphins play Thursday night, everybody. So Wilson's out. Amendola's, uh, uh, sorry, Stills is hurt. Devontae Parker. Let me find the quote here. Adam Case does not like Devontae Parker. By the way, yeah. Oh, I mean, I saw this. The whole thing with his agent was just like unsettling here. I mean, he, he, the agent said something. I think the agent called Gase incompetent. And then mm-hmm. if I read it right, so I don't know where I saw it, that they asked Gase if Parker was going to play. And Gase basically said, well, everybody else is hurt, so I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I, I got the – so we have the Cameron Wolf uh, right up on our website here. Said he will be needed to play Thursday. Um <laughs> So what do we got here? Gase brushed off comments from Devontae Parker's agents saying they don't really bother me. He said it's likely Parker will play Thursday. Quote, we don't have any more receivers, so I'm sure he's going to play. That's awesome. That is, <laughs> that is just some shade right there. So Amendola, yeah. look, Amendola's upside is always limited. I mean, you look at the last two games, six for 59 and six for 84 and one. Okay, got to touch them. But he, he's generally the kind of guy who's going to, you know, maybe get you 10 yards a catch. Yeah. So if you're looking I'm, for a PPR floor of, you know, 10 or 12, he mm-hmm. might be your guy. Yeah, I mean, I take him over Jakeem Grant when we're looking at a last man standing scenario. And yeah, yeah. So he would be. He's probably the top because Jordy Nelson doesn't count, but he's probably the top guy. At least someone that I'd feel pretty safe in him getting you eight to ten PPR points this week. Yep. Yeah, Jakeem Grant. I don't. I don't know that I trust that one. He's sort of a big play guy, but uh, and fast guy. But yeah, I don't trust that either. Um, otherwise, here, what about Christian Kirk? But yeah, he, he Rosen seems to like him. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he was still 26%. I thought people would have actually gotten smart by that. And that's why I left him off. So that's a good, that's a good one. Thanks for bringing him back on here. I mean, six targets last week caught, caught uh, three for 57. I mean, he's right up there in terms of target share with Larry Fitzgerald. It's very close. And I mean, he's a good athlete. He's someone that I think he's fast. Right. He's someone that will be able to, one of these weeks, he's going to make a couple big plays and he'll have over, you know, he'll, he'll have four catches for like 130, 40 yards or something like that because of a couple big plays. And then all of a sudden everyone's going to add him. But why not roster him before that when the price is low? Okay. Do you have any idea why Tajay Sharp all of a sudden had a good game on Sunday? It, it is so confusing. And I'm wondering what the heck I do with, uh, with Corey Davis. I, I don't necessarily know I'm going to buy Tajay Sharp because I fell into this trap with Taiwan Taylor. I'm thinking, oh, maybe Taiwan Taylor is a good PPR guy. And then he basically doesn't do anything. And now we have Tajay Sharp suddenly. I mean, 
his previous season high in catches was was three for thirty. That was his best game, and he played all six games before this. Before he had seven for one hundred and one. So I don't know. Maybe they were just blanketing up Corey Davis. I, I I don't understand the Corey Davis mystery because I'm so impressed with his athleticism and his physical tools, but he just hasn't been able to put it together. Some of it might be quarterback play, but if Sharp can do it, I don't know why Corey Davis can't. Um, can, can I go back to one other thing about another guy we mentioned? Is yeah. uh, Amendola mm-hmm. in Osweiler's two starts? Amendola has gotten 18 targets. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, yeah. it's pretty strong. Um, oh, oh, and I also see right now, just because I, I looked him up here, uh, he did get listed on the, the injury report. He does have a shoulder injury. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine it would have to be pretty severe to keep him out of the Thursday game, but nonetheless, something to watch. Yep. Otherwise, you've got your honorable mention category. Uh, Cortland Sutton, <laughs> there are some trade rumors around the Broncos right now. Mm-hmm. They like yeah. Cortland Sutton. I mean, they're throwing to mm-hmm. him a decent amount. Yeah, I mean, Sanders will get all the attention, so it would, if in a situation where they were to trade Demarius Thomas, I guess Cortland Sutton would be the guy to look at here. So uh, a spec ad, you know, he might even sneak into the back end of the top three this week, given there's not a whole lot of depth in the free agent pool. All right, and the other, Michael Gallup, I wonder if he's going to just fade a little bit with Cooper there. He had a good game, but I, I'll admit to you, John, I tossed him in there before lunch, and then when I got back from lunch yesterday, I saw, oh, Mari Cooper trade, right. and I forgot to take him back off. So he did have three, for, caught three or five targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. Best game of the year, but uh, if you're looking through box scores to try to pick up uh, free agents, uh, don't get fooled by Gallup because I can't imagine that after the bye week there will probably be a role reduction. You can drop him in redrafts, maybe hang on to him in your keeper dynasty leagues because I think he, he'll still have a decent career ahead of him, but uh, you are not can't expect a whole lot more this season. Who's your top three? Amendola, number one, uh, provided that uh, shoulder injury doesn't do a whole lot. Um, you know, I had Amendola, Bryant, and Sutton, but realizing Christian Kirk th- fits our threshold, I-, I go Amendola better than Kirk this week. Kirk probably better long term, so Amendola, Kirk, and then Bryant just because suddenly it, there's potential there. Right, okay. As far as drops, um, yeah, the Cowboy guys, I mean, Beasley still, if you want that PPR stuff and it's a little inconsistent, mm-hmm. but he's okay. Hearns and Gallup, eh, whatever. Albert Wilson, we talked about. What about Larry Fitzgerald? I mean, I can see wanting to do that after uh, after seeing how how ineffective the Arizona offense was. It would have to be a pretty shallow league, um, just because there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's Christian Kirk there, but he's still going to get six to eight targets a game, which is decent. And you know, he might get the occasional score. He'd be tough to drop in anything 12 or deeper, I think. You think so? He tw- he, seven games, he's 26 for 255. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's the downturn, but he's kind of in that fantasy purgatory. I know in my 12-teamer that starts three wide receivers, if someone dropped him, I'd probably pick him up just on the chance that he turns things back around. All right, other things. Um, Jameson Crowder has been ineffective and is probably out for a few weeks, so I think yeah. you can think about that. Robbie Anderson, um, latest on his injury. Is see. it an injury? Because I mean, he was targeted, I think, ten times this week, and yeah, that's what uh, he he and uh, and and uh, the the cornerback on Minnesota Rhodes tangled themselves up and both got hurt. Yes. So I, I don't know exactly how that worked out. Maybe did he come back in the game? Yeah, he must have came back in the game because we don't mention it in our recap note. Okay. So. It yeah. must not have been too bad, but okay. Yeah, watch the injury report on okay. Robbie Anderson because I uh, sounds like I actually fine. don't mind him. Him and both Jordy Nelson are, are some decent low cost DFS options because I'm trying to I'm trying to get uh, 
I'm trying to get Todd Gurley in this week, and I'm trying to get A.J. Green in this week. So some of these receivers are actually, you know, just because of the last man standing scenarios. Right. Tight ends. Last week we talked to C.J. Uzoma, um, bailed you out with a touchdown. He didn't have much of a game, but he scored a touchdown, so you'll take it. Mm -hmm. He he catch one pass? One pass. Yeah, you have a. I mean, oh, he's, two. Sorry, it's a it's a last man standing situation because Croft might go on IR, and of course they don't have uh, they don't have Eifert. So you know, you look at the other guys on that depth chart: Mason Shrek, Matthew Lengel. I guess Uzoma gets it by default. Yep. Um, the other one, I think they like Uzoma too. The other, we <laughs> talked about uh, OJ Howard last week, but I don't think you can get him anymore. Um, Definitely not. Let's go to Chris Herndon. Last week we didn't talk about Herndon much because he didn't play that many snaps, didn't run that many pass routes. Even though he scored a touchdown, but now he scored a touchdown again, and now he's been targeted. Seven, he was targeted seven times, got four catches. They drafted him in in a way that made you think they were invested in him. Third or fourth round, I don't remember which. Um, I, I mean, he's one percent owned on Yahoo and ESPN. It's, I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. if you're scouring for tight ends, it's not like you know, oh, I don't need Chris Herndon because I can get this guy because there aren't any other guys that are good. So Herndon's, yeah. I mean, he's top of the list, right? Yeah, I mean, out of our available guys, now, I got a funny Herndon story. I had Vance McDonald on a bye this past week, and um, and then Rob Gronkowski news came out, and I was like, oh, geez, well, what do I do now? So I was looking, and I ended up landing on Herndon for 14 PPR points, which is actually better than Gronk over the last couple of weeks, and that's what won the matchup. So I got the random stroke of genius there. So I wanted to, I wanted to talk about him a little bit. I mean, like you said, the, uh, the resources and the draft pick that they put into him uh, makes us think that they might use him, and we know with the Jets that that with Quincy Anunwald, he was their biggest chain mover, I guess you can say. And Robbie Anderson is not that guy. He's not that chain mover. He's kind of the big play guy. So they need a new chain mover, and their depth chart situation is pretty dire. So maybe Chris Herndon. I mean, he's gotten he got seven targets this past week, and and that's what really stood out to me. Last week, he yeah, he only had two targets and still caught the touchdown. But you know, it's two weeks in a row now that he scored and. Has has at Chicago, at Miami, and then Buffalo at home before the bye. So not a great thing, but uh, I mean, I know like like the Stopa League and some of these super flex leagues with two tight, a lot of these start two tight ends. So I could see him going for a relatively large bid if he's not owned already in that type of format. All right. Um, next guy up, Michael Roberts. Yeah, I don't really buy it. This but dude caught two touchdowns name. after being invisible. Mm-hmm. So and he, and he only got three targets, right? What happened yeah. to Luke Wilson? I the beats me, man. I, I I don't know exactly what's going here. Let me see if I can uh, check the snapshot. We got him up uh, actually on RotoWire early yeah. this week, so I can look at the team trends. Uh, Detroit. What do we got here? Tight ends. I mean, Luke played. Wilson still played sixty four percent of the snaps. Yeah. Toilolo thirty three percent. Michael Robert, Roberts thirty percent. But he got the scores. So. I'm going to write this off as a fluke. He has to do it again, but I, I wanted to mention it on here just because of uh, I mean, uh, just because two touchdowns for a tight end that suddenly turns heads. Yeah, yeah. And you you want to talk about a guy who's fourth in the pecking order in their receiving game behind Galladay, Tate, and, and uh, Marvin Jones, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, thank you. I agree with you on that. Chris Herndon is the only. I mean, he's the viable one this week. Um, what about? I mean, Charles Clay. Derek Anderson has started two games in a row, but uh, Allen's been out. I think two weeks now. Uh, he's got. Charles Clay's got five targets the last two weeks. I mean, again, we're 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 scrounging at tight end, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, and but in those last two weeks, he's averaged less than five yards a catch. So a couple of dump offs, nothing too great. And he also lost a fumble last week. So that one I'm probably staying away from. I mean, the only the only guy you're missing because of the bye this week is Austin Hooper. 
that's that anyone of any consequence. Yeah, who uh, suddenly, you know, he, he is relevant now. He's getting the volume to become real. I mean, okay, so last night he had three for 48, not great. But before that, he had double-digit targets in a couple weeks. So he's relevant, but only recently relevant. You know, he was kind of a fringe guy before. Okay, let's go to streaming defenses. Um, the Patriots are, they're playing the Bills against Derek Anderson. So if you can get them, they are quite certainly who you want to get. Yeah, However, they're 54% owned, so it's tough. Yeah, okay. Uh, so let's move on from there. What about, I mean, the 49ers and Cardinals are both available, and you can you can make an argument for either side. I mm-hmm. tend to think, I'm like, all right, the Cardinals are getting a decent amount of sacks. They've got Peterson. Uh, I might go that direction against Beathard rather than try to take the Niners against Rosen. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the the Cardinals are one-point favorites at home. The over-under is 43.5. So you take the home team, it's like the second, tied for the second lowest over-under. That Philly Jags game is only 41 over in London, which is weird. Right. But, uh, but yeah, home team, over-under, they're checking my boxes. So I guess Cardinals got a spot this week. All right. Um, otherwise, Chiefs, they played better this past week on defense, and now they're home for Case Keenum, who's very pick-prone. I I don't think there's a whole lot to like there. I mean, until they get, unless they were to get Eric Berry back, because um, he's a pretty impactful player and can and helps their chances of getting a big play. Unless they were to get him back, he was inactive again last week. He hasn't returned to practice, so seemingly unlikely. That would be a boost for the defense, but not enough. I, I'd, I'd be more likely to stream Keenum than the Kansas City defense. I think. Okay. Um, the other one I was thinking of: the Lions actually get a decent amount of sacks. They've got Russell Wilson at home. Now Russell Wilson. I, I mean, we all look at Russell Wilson. You go, oh, I'm not going to play against Russell Wilson. All right. He's got four interceptions, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's actually fumbled seven times this year. You don't, th- don't think that's a little bit fluky? Maybe. Just I'm, I'm trying know. to find reasons. I'm trying to find yeah. the streaming defense. Yeah. I mean, also, Russell Wilson's tough to sack, too. That's the thing. Right. That's yeah, true. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to, yeah, to, to, to poo-poo these, but no, I guess there's, just, there's not a lot of... Uh, I don't know. There's there's not a ton to like. You'd have to you definitely okay, so you search for the Patriots first, all right? Then I think you search for the Steelers who are only forty one percent owned. They get a home game against Cleveland. I throw that in there, you know, rookie quarterback. And then uh and then after that, I mean I guess it's a toss up when you're thinking of Cardinals, Chiefs, Lions, these are all, you know, bottom ten defenses in the league. So but I still think I I, oh, I go the Cardinals against CJ Bathard. I mean not uh not the Redskins against Eli, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we're really reaching. I mean, there's not great. I mean, you here. could. Are, are they Redskins defense has been decent this year? Are they? Uh, are they owned? They're 18 percent owned. Oh, okay. Not huge sack numbers, but mm-hmm. okay. 14 sacks in six games, not terrible. But they, yeah, they have had a good defense. You're right. So it's a thought. I, I used them on uh, DFS last week, and they got that nice little that pick six thing on on Dak, and yeah, it was a 16 nice. point. It was a 16 point week. I was all about that. Who's your favorite? Pick one. Other than I guess the Patriots. I, I guess I can't pick the Patriots, so I'll go Steelers against the Browns. Steelers against the Browns? Okay, well, wait, hold on a second. No, Steelers, our Steelers are 41%. Okay, I'll, I'll let you slide with that. Let me slide with that. I mean, otherwise, I guess if, if we throw them out, I, I, I'll go the Cardinals because they check my boxes. Yep. Home team over under, that kind of thing. Okay, what else you got going on? Man, uh, we just did a college basketball mock draft for getting that going. Uh, it's a good time to do a little dev stuff, so we're working on a couple new kind of features for various sports on the website. Um, it, it, odds and ends at this time of year, it's really uh, it, it's busy in a lot of ways. All right. 
Um, folks, that's it for the free agents. If you have any questions, uh, hit us on Twitter. He is at jakeski 52 I'm at jhoppin37. You can also hit the main account at Rotowire. And again, the player updates at Rotowire NFL. Check them out. Listeners to this podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now rotowire.com slash pod um wherever you're listening please leave us a review and a rating we would really appreciate it thank you for listening to this edition of the rotowire fantasy football podcast sponsored by fantasy draft we'll be back on thursday with our game by game preview that'll be Derek van riper and i so please come on back then for jake latarski i'm john halpin see you next time whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.